Ladies and gentlemen, socially distanced boys and girls, we're back for another episode of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Um, another weird, uncomfortable uh, hodgepodge show. I'm still not used to this. Um, this is this is not the way I like to do shows. I like to have somebody sitting across from me sharing beers with me, but um, we'll, we'll do this the way we have to do this, the way that everybody tells us we're supposed to do it. We're socially distanced again. Hey, uh, this is how we do every episode. That's, yeah, I'm, it's probably comfortable for you, but it is really uncomfortable for me. Like, this is not, I like, especially since I can't even see either one of you guys. It's it's, it's strange to me. Uh, Christopher Walker from Have a Drink Show, welcome back. Um, Hello, it's been a little while. Thank you for having me back. Of course. And then Michael Aman from, uh, from Adina, welcome back to the show again. You've been on much more it's, recently. Yeah, it's, it's great to be back, though. Um, again, in a weird, awkward way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Although it makes it a little easier not to have to like pack everything up and leave the house and go to a brewery somewhere. It's kind of nice just to kind of wander downstairs. I can start drinking before the show, drink heavily during the show, <laughs> keep drinking after the show, not have to worry about getting home. So that, that's um, the dream, really. So speaking of drinking, um, uh, that's how we got to kick this thing off. From the beer fridge. Um. I hope you guys are both drinking right now because I'm about to dive into another one. Oh, just I'm about to start. halfway through a crowler, so uh, we'll we'll start with you, Chris. What are you drinking? I am hit my mic. Uh, I am drinking a crowler of Hello Rockview from Streetside. Nice. Uh, oh, God. what do they call it? A milkshake Berliner. Yeah, I um, they have like a couple different avenues that they, I mean, not that they don't go down everything cause they really do, but they, they have a couple really strong points and those, you know, the milkshakes and the new England's are definitely, um, one huge part of what they do. And then you of course have the barrel aged stuff on the other side that is absolutely phenomenal. Yes. Um, what mm-hmm. is the, what is the, the fruit in that? Uh, black currant wasn't expecting it, but I, cause I couldn't remember what the, what they fruited with. And then I started pouring it, and I was like, "Well, that's nice and dark and purple, so it's got to be something great." And then looked it up. Yeah, black currants, which is delicious. How many people are doing a lot with black currants, though? Oh, right. I mean, it's like wine, and that's it. Um, is that's yeah. not a one-hit wonder that they have? That's just a regular release, right? Regular. You can go down and get Crowlers, though. I did not grab the last one. Um, I'm pulling it up right now and untapped, looking at it. Uh, Hello, Rockview. Uh, fantastic album by Less Than Jake. <laughs> that's, a, that's the whole reason I got it. I didn't even know what it was. And I asked when I was getting I was like, is this a reference to the Less Than Jake album? And she was like, I have no idea. And I'm like, I'm betting it is. That's, it almost fits in with their One Hit Wonder series. Um, not that, I, mean, that I don't know that there were any songs on there that you could consider One Hit Wonders, but... Um. Look, that album was gold. It really was. It reminds. It has. Whenever I put that on, like it brings these very distinct memories back to me. Of you know, I had a, I drove a Jeep Wrangler at the time when I was a teenager, and you know, driving around in the Jeep with the top down, and you know, blasting some uh, some ska punk, and oh yeah, it uh, brings me right <laughs> back. <laughs> Michael, what are you digging into? I am digging into a uh, weird and gilly actually from Single Cut. I um, a what? Weird. <laughs> And Gilly. Weird and from, Gilly. Yeah, Weird and Gilly. Yeah, it's a double dry hop, double IPA from uh, Single Cut. Um, I just opened up my first um, auto cycle from Urban Artifact. They're oh. one of their uh, higher end, I guess, Midwest fruit tarts. Is that what they're calling them? Um, with Balaton cherries. I talked about it the other night on some 
show that I do. I don't know if it was the weekly pine or something, but, um, it's not, it, it, it's funny to me because when you think of the Midwest fruit tarts, you think like these big, like thick kind of hazy, um, beers. And this is not that it's still, it's, it's relatively like bright and, uh, um, see-through. <laughs> yeah. But, I was going to say, I can see your video yeah. and it's, if I hold my drinking horn next to it, like, yeah, mine is not see-through yours quite. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic though. I, I don't know the difference between different cherries. Um, I know that there are different types of cherries and the Balaton cherries, they've used them in a couple different things. And for some reason I tend to like those beers versus other cherry beers. And I don't know why, I don't know what that, I don't know what the Balaton cherries versus quote unquote regular cherries do, but do you guys have any idea? <laughs> I, I am not familiar with that, uh, that kind of cherry. So I, uh, I have nothing to add, unfortunately. Um, it, it's good. Um, I can definitely say that. And, um, hopefully I'll have something up on the website here in the near future about it. Um, or on the other project that I've been working on, which I don't know if I, I'm ready to quite dive into it yet, but, um, it definitely has to do with drinking beer and video. So, um, another, another project, <laughs> why the hell not? It's very short videos, so hopefully it'll be manageable, but um, we'll see. We'll see if it actually it comes to be. Um, I haven't gotten another episode of Drinking with the Gnome up in God knows how long, so it's probably stupid to start something else, but you know how that goes. It's like there's a thousand ideas that are always rolling around that you want to dive into, and trying to find oh, the yeah. time to do it is... You might or finding you, you finding the time yeah. to edit some of the ideas you had also becomes an issue. <laughs> like we have this whole backlog of things we recorded drunkenly somewhere that it's just piling up and never got edited and put out. It's it's much easier just to sit down and start recording something than all that other stuff that has to happen afterwards tends to be the harder part for me. Yeah. So, I think that I've always assumed that you guys would just would hit after you hit stop, it just uh, goes up there. So you're telling me that's not the case? That is not the case. <laughs> I mean, it, it, in some regards, sometimes it is, but but oh. there's still a lot of things that go into into that. Um, it's not quite that simple of just, you know, done and then there appears for people. I, sometimes I wish it was. Oh, yeah. The weekly pint is that way. The weekly pint, I literally just hit record and go. And then when it's done, that's it. Actually, that's not even yeah. true because I, I export that video for uh, uh, for Patreon supporters. So um, there's still a whole other back end that goes along with that, too. But um, for the most part, it's just stop and then it, it, it exists in the world. Uh, so that would be nice. How are you guys holding up through all of this? I don't, yeah. I don't think I've really talked all to right. either one of you in the middle of... Um, all of what's happening right now. Um, we're, uh, I'm still working, you know, we're, we're an essential service. So we are, we're still, uh, delivering beer. So we've, it's been, you know, there has not been that kind of quarantine snow day that I think, uh, <laughs> kind of envy other people who are They're... kind of like, Oh, I'm like exercising more. And I'm, uh, you know, like I'm, learning how to knit like i'm just like i'm still working the exact same amount <laughs> that's the, all three of us are still working and i can say that i don't yep. know you know we won't have to go into everybody's you know specific day jobs but we all three still work um i'm working way more than i did before all of this i'm you know i'm probably working um an extra 
15 to 20 hours a week versus what I was doing before. Um, in addition to the podcast and all of that, um, yeah, this is, this is hell. <laughs> and like, I, I hear all these people talking about how bored they are sitting around the house and their yard projects that they're going to work on. And I'm like, my God, oh. I just, I just want to eat lunch one day. <laughs> it's insane. That's all I can think is must be nice yeah. because I'm so, uh, when the daycare's closed, it's like we have, uh, a one and a half year old, and someone, I, I'm lucky enough that in our company I can work from home, so I've got to stay home with him and watch him while the wife goes to work, and I'm with him 11 hours a day. And as soon as she gets home, I clock in and start working until 11:30, and then punch out. And he wakes up promptly at 5 a.m. Yeah, it's. That's- just the cycle of my days and it's driving me insane into pure exhaustion. Oh yeah. We, uh, we're all about ready to kill each other. Um, I threw bananas at my wife today. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're all just like at the breaking point at this point. And, uh, uh, it, on top of that, you know, like so much of my life revolves around going to a tap room and sitting down and having, even if it's just, you know, an hour or two a week to sit down and talk to somebody. Like I realize now the value that that holds in keeping my sanity together. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just don't have that right now. And it's, a uh, uh, the one time where I feel like I really need it. It's, uh, it's kind of miserable. It's definitely the case that, I always liked the kind of like drop in factor, um, you know, when I'm out doing sales calls or, or dropping stuff off or, right. or just around the city, you know, go into, uh, you know, a bar or a restaurant where, you know, the person there or a tap room or something like that. And now you can't, I mean, even if they're there, you know, you don't like risk someone's, you know, risks spreading a virus. Right. So you have to, you know, like it's just tough to drive by places. Um, when you know you like you it, the normal part of your day would be to go oh hey you know I have time to go see this person or that person you can't do it anymore yeah it um hopefully it's not lasting as long as some people are saying it might but um I don't have a lot of confidence in all of that I mean it, it's, it's it's tough to know I mean it uh, it's something that I've been paying attention to because it affects my business. And, you know, we talked to, I talked to a lot of people who have, you know, kind of a little bit of different understanding, but most people kind of think that it's there, you know, maybe be optimistic, but plan for, you know, this kind of being the normal for the foreseeable future. And I'm not an epidemiologist <laughs> or, uh, or any, anything close to it really. Um, but we've, you know, had to, you know, just kind of trying to figure out what, the future holds, you know, is, is very, it's very tough. Well, and you know what people, these people's health is, is the most important thing. I, I don't know how much detail you want to get into about kind of what you guys are going through, but, um, I've talked to a couple different local breweries and from what I'm hearing, um, 60 to 70% down is about the norm for the places that I've talked to as far as what their, their volume is right now. Oh wow! Yeah. Which is terrifying. Yeah, that's that sounds like a lot of what I've heard, and it, it's not as dramatic for us because we don't have a tap room. But um, you know, nothing. I mean, we were we were you know we were experiencing a lot of very good growth right every month, and 
we this month april will almost certainly be the first month that we're not up year over year so that that stinks you know and it's it's it might be you know it's we're probably we're probably close to maybe I don't want to get into too much numbers, but right. we could have been. This was going to be a very good month for us, and last month would have been a very, very good month for us. We uh, had, um, you know, losing draft sales stinks. Well, and that's what I can't. I can't figure out if people are going to be buying more beer in stores right now because they can't go to tap rooms, or if this whole idea of us supporting our local tap rooms is getting enough strength that people are going to be buying less of their beer in stores and trying to go directly to the tap rooms and buy it there I, I, or delivery or whatever it is. That is something I can, I can speak to. Uh, I mean, mostly, uh, we, I think that we're, I think people have done a very good job in supporting tap rooms, especially in the first couple of weeks, kind of, that was what the, they wanted to go out and do that. But it probably is the case that a lot of these tap rooms rely on, the people who are just kind of doing what I described, like kind of dropping in, right. you know, and those people who just kind of dropped in and met up for a drink because their friend liked the place, those people are buying beer at you know grocery store level. I mean, that's where you've seen a lot of gro- growth is where these grocery stores, liquor stores, gas stations, people are hoarding and they're usually going cheap and familiar. So some brands are way up uh, on in package, obviously. Right. But I think a lot of, you know, a lot of the people, frankly, who would be on Cincy Brewcast are, you know, uh, it's it's not it's definitely not making up for uh, losing the taproom sales. And, you know, I think you know, the pull through or you know, the sales in the stores that I don't know how many I wouldn't know how many local breweries are seeing a bump just because of a like, large format and budget have been and big brand have been the ones that have seen the biggest growth. Right. So if like you have a 12 pack, if you you're in 90, 150 Kroger's, you're in Walmart, you know, that helps. Then you're, you're not doing as bad, but the places that like I rely on independent places, it's a little bit, uh, a tougher road to hoe. Well, and I'm, I'm curious from your perspective too, with the, uh, the idea of breweries being able to deliver beer. I don't know that, I don't know that any of the accounts that you represent are doing home delivery. I mean, the places outside. Our breweries are, are doing, um, all, all of our local breweries are, uh, well, I guess they're cellar dweller, but that's Wooden true. Cask is doing home delivery. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, they are, but that's only in Kentucky. But you can get, uh, we are doing home delivery uh, as well. Um, but we're only doing because we're a distributor, we have a little bit more specific uh, laws. And it, it's it's the the way we've done it is just we have the quarantine pack, which is a single uh, case because we can't sell into we can't we can't break down a case as a distributor for whatever reason. Oh, excuse me. But we have a uh, so basically we just take six four packs from six different breweries. Average price is about thirteen ninety nine, um, and then we sell it for one one price and then you know, people have been picking that up. That's the only thing that we've been doing home delivery. Um, it, it, it's been good. It's been, it's been helpful. People have actually responded to it well and uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. What is your opinion on it though? Cause I've, I've oh, talked to delivery? some, uh, yeah, on the, on the idea that a, a brewery can now, 
and in some states, I know Kentucky is a little bit different, but um, can, don't get me started. <laughs> can ship right to um, somebody's house. I have definitely taken advantage of that with breweries who um, may be with a distributor. Um, breweries who may, you know, like there's. It, it's strange to me that I, I enjoy it, but. Um, the idea of being able to skip that middleman um, is strange. I think that the the kind of understanding is, well, I can sell it at my tap room. My tap room is closed. There's nothing explicitly prohibiting me from selling direct consumer outside of the tap room. So that's what that that's basically what they're doing. Like you can buy a six pack at say Floral Avenue Bruce, you know, brew pub. Right. You can buy a six pack there for the same price you can buy it in a store down the street. So now that person is buying it at their house rather than at the brewery location. So that's kind of the reasoning behind it. Um, what happens I when think, all this kind of goes back to quote unquote normal and maybe that idea doesn't go away and you've got I breweries so. that have the, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine from your perspective, I, I, you want it to. <laughs> Well, I, I, I do, you know, it, selfishly I do, but also as a, we will not be continuing home delivery. Uh, I guess never say never, but we will not be continuing home delivery uh, after this is over. Um, I know, most, I don't know, I, my, it's just one man's opinion. Um, and I don't think it's worth the trouble. It, I'd rather just sell it to... Um, my normal customers, you know, the, right. the, 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 the bottle shops, the bars, the restaurants, um, you know, the grocery stores and that kind of stuff. It's been, and you know, we don't want to hurt their feelings. We don't want to be a competitor to, for our customers either. So that's kind of why, I mean, we've had people ask for a uh, beer and I was like, Hey, you know what? Like higher gravity can deliver it. You know, like right. this, if you want, if you're looking for like, you know, six packs and four packs from us, like, you just go go buy it at the store, you know. Or if you don't want to do that, some of these people will will send it to you. Because um, we don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to be competitor. And I think that you might see. And I think the grumblings have kind of already started. That like, okay. Oh, I'm this sure. This is you know like you're you know we're not seeing these guys come in here anymore because they're buying it from home. And sure, it's because of a, you know. Well, You're on, supposed to be from home anyway. On a slightly different level, I was I was telling Chris before we started the show that um, I, there are breweries, local breweries, that mm-hmm. um, are doing delivery, but I can't get them here in Fairfield because they don't want to piss off one of the large stores that I'm right mm-hmm. by. <laughs> so, like, is, is, have you have you actually heard that? Yes. Oh yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, uh, we honestly thought about doing blackouts for places. We, we don't really offer enough. For home delivery, um, to kind of worry about that, uh, but that's not that's not a crazy idea at all. It's it's the whole thing is like opening up these other doors and then um, shining these these lights on some ideas that that could be fun ideas. Like I think the idea of being able to even after all of this is over with, being able to get on a brewery's website, drive the traffic to their website, have some kind of online beer release on that site that you can then either. Um, go and pick up at the brewery or get shipped right to you is kind of a fun idea. Maybe not like a normal thing, but like it's it's a fun, different way to um, to engage with people and make it so that people can get things that they may not get otherwise. 
you know. It, yes and no. I've got to say, uh, you got to look at the thing that happened at Braxton this morning with the release of that labs. Uh, the the tiki fruited, thing. No, the oh, the their Berliner, um, their smoothie yeah. beer. Uh, sold their, out. Their two groundbreaking minutes. smoothie series. Yes. <laughs> uh, sold out in two minutes, and it didn't matter if you had it in your cart or not. If you hadn't already checked out with it in those two minutes, you didn't get it. And there are a lot of people really mad about it. Uh, they're going to make good on it, though. They're doing another. I think they said there's going to be another release, like on Thursday, and they're going to have it so that when it's in your cart, it's locked in there for a certain amount of time, just so you can shop around. Because there are other people like I was looking to spend a lot of money. That's uh, also from you. That's just and, a that's a, that's a that's a mistake on how they set it all up, though. That's a yeah. that's a learning process, you know. Yeah, this whole thing is going to be for everybody, but I don't foresee. I've been worried about. I was like, is this going to be like the death of the line share? Like, are a lot of places just going to do this stuff online? And then I was thinking about it, and it's like, no, because we all like the atmosphere of going in. And plus, that drives a ton of draft sales. Right. It's bringing everyone in for these releases. So I don't foresee it <coughs> lasting. Like, I know a bunch of the states are doing it temporarily yeah. during this anyway, but I don't see breweries continuing it a whole lot after this anyway. But if kentucky gets it into gear and you know some of the shipping still going on i'm definitely gonna take advantage and get a bunch of north carolina stuff shipped up to me yeah <laughs> some burial and bramari and all that that's what i was i was looking at um i looked at some of the burial stuff and i was looking at uh at little fish who ships back up to the whole state of ohio now not that we can't get their beer locally but i was looking at their stuff just to see <laughs> if there's anything that we don't see on shelves that i can get now there's there's so many different levels to this. If you're an urban artifact fan and you live in some, you know, podunk town in Ohio or God knows how many other states right now, they're they're loading in states as many as they can. Like mm-hmm. to be able to just get online and order some of these barrel aged sours that might not hit your local shelves is a really, really fun idea. If you know, you you talked about Braxton and Braxton loves trying to um I'm trying to have a little bit of everything going on at once. So they'll have the line share idea at dark charge day, but then they'll have online orders too, where you can get on and pre-order, you know, different cans and stuff and then pick them up in the tap room. They have different ways to get the thing that you want so that no matter who you are, you've got your opportunity. And I, I think this is just a perfect chance for them to have another way for people to get beer, how they want to get it. Yeah, I think this is also a good way to draw new people into the special release stuff because you have people able to order it online who've never like they don't have the opportunity to go stand in line for four hours to get some of these beers. And suddenly they're able they're keying in on this and they're getting a hold of some of these beers that normally, you know, there'd be giant lines for. Right. And uh, maybe it's going to after this settles down and stuff goes, but they're like, well, I want to get those beers again. So it's going to draw them out to travel and go to the lines and start taking part in, you know, that culture. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what parts of this do stick around over time, what parts of it go away, what parts of it kind of morph into something else. But um, there will be good, I guess, that comes out of this when it's all said and done. But there's also I I, I, I do wonder, though, I mean, I think I, I mentioned that, like, you know, there's a whole organ you know, the whole ecosystem of of beer sales it, it would be interesting to see you know trying to cut out you know distributors like us uh but also you know uh, bottle shops and stuff you know where people can kind of cultivate um a following i think that one of the things we saw when people were 
kind of that doing that panic buying and the stocking, you know, overstocking them their their shelves or their refrigerators and stuff. Uh, one of the things I, you know, the, the kind of that relationship between the person selling the beer and, in the in the store and yeah. the customer, I think that's one of those valuable things where a lot of people will only buy stuff that their local bottle shop guy will recommend. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, also how much trouble it's worth like delivering beer to an individual, an an individual customer is not convenient, simple or profitable. That's not something you want. It's much easier to deliver a lot of cases to one place. Yeah. It, um, if you're a smaller brewery, does it is it easier to to justify that versus a bigger place like a like a Madri or a Rheingeist or something like that, or does that make it harder though? It's tough for me to see where it really, unless you really kind of get an edge in that market. Maybe that's why you see a larger. I mean, larger breweries giving it a shot, but I mean. It's not a bad way to move inventory that you thought you would need for something else. But as a permanent business plan, I, I would say that I would be skeptical of it. But if you're if you're taking a six pack that normally sells for nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. um, and and granted, if you're selling it in the tap room, it's going to be the same argument. But if you're yeah. selling it through a distributor. Um, I don't, I don't know the math of how that works out for a brewery, but, um, there's a large chunk of that that is going to the retailer, to the distributor, to all of those other people in that chain. If you're shipping it directly, um, I don't know how that math works out, but it still might be beneficial for the brewery when just to that, that bottom number, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the issue would be that they would, I mean, maybe the math could work out in a vacuum, but, you know, where the distributor and the retailer still exists, you know, it might be not worth the trouble to tick off either of those layers, you know? Right. Uh, Because, you know, if you're okay, you're, you're making profit on home delivery, but then your distributor's annoyed and they're not buying as much and the retailers are annoyed and they're not, you know, they're saying there's people who might, Say okay, if they're delivering to my backyard, I'm not carrying their stuff. So then you're either going to blot out, you know, parts of the map um, to the point where maybe it's not really worth it, or you know, you're not going to get the easy sale of you know those cases at a time. Can we talk about the uh, the elephant in the room with all of this? Of there's going to be good stuff, but there's going to be bad stuff. Um, where there's going to be breweries that don't get through this. Um, that's from the beginning. That's a, as soon as this all started and things started closing, I was like, go ahead and put the stamp on it. And I, I don't want to be right. I don't, no I've heard, I've heard your as, guess and yours is very high from what I think it'll be, but oh, I haven't heard that, guess. What's my guess? assumption is at least half of the breweries in the Cincinnati area will close within two years of this. Like the, this will be the death nail, but they'll be able to coast for a little bit. I, I don't want anyone to think I want any brewery in this area to close. I don't, but I'm just afraid that half of them will go with this. I don't want to see it. And then you just had the report from the Brewer Association. 46% of their uh, their members said that if this continues, yeah, they'll have to close within three years. 
I think I think the 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 six month line is probably for a lot of our local breweries going to be that 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 line in the sand of we can't keep doing this if this lasted six months, which I don't think it's going to. Um, but I th- I think that's going to be the point where a lot of them are starting to uh, to have to face that decision. Although um, Rock Bottom is one of the places that just said we're we're closing down. We're not going to try to keep doing delivery and to uh, carry out orders and all of that. And I'm I have a very bad feeling that we'll never see Rock Bottom open their doors again. Um, I think that they've already closed at least one location. They have. Um, they've, they've closed several yeah. locations. So yeah. back in, um, uh, if I have the date here, back in early March, I believe, they closed a bunch of Gordon Beers locations um, all at the same time, and then a couple Rock Bottom locations. And then just, Is that the same company? Yeah. And then just last oh, week, and Logan Steakhouse also is the same company, Craftworks. Huh. Uh, and Wait, Logan's, Logan's Steakhouse? Logan, yes. And Logan's Steakhouse is officially closed now. They closed all the locations and said, we're not opening back up. Because yeah. they, they also declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy in early March. So you put that Dude, with like, all of this I, happening. I, I, used to, I used to sell to, I used to have to sell Lagunitas to uh, a few Logan's Steakhouses because it was put on the menu. And uh, I thought that they went bankrupt like years ago. They might have. <laughs> <laughs> you I know how that goes. Like, hearing, people, we'd always, always bug us about it every like quarter. Like, you guys stay on top of those? Like, that's just one of those chain. I don't know if, how well you guys know, but there's like a chain placements. Even though you don't make any money off of, not even if you don't make any money off it, people like take it very seriously because there's they have tons of accounts. Right. Um, so we always get bothered by like, hey, you guys stand on your Logan Steakhouse thing like I think they like on the news it said they're fucking bankrupt you know like no, no. <laughs> like, a company to, can go bankrupt many times <laughs> for some reason um, yeah but uh well yeah I think that I would I would very gladly take the under if we were betting um on the half of all breweries closing here because I mean I you could I could see you know, no one directly closing because of this. I mean, I, I could see, I, I could see quite a few. You know, I think that I wouldn't call this kind of a. Who knows how long it lasts? I think that's the but big factor. That, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think people find a way. Honestly, I think that there's, I, I, I think you're probably right that there's probably a few places that didn't have anything. You know, kind of were already in trouble. And this is just kind of the last, the final straw. Um, there might be a few that like kind of, you know, had to hit like a number of different benchmarks. And this is going to kind of throw them off their plan and maybe kind of spiral out from there. That would be my biggest fear would be if there was somewhere you, if you weren't where you wanted to be before this, I think it's going to be very hard to get there now. So that's kind of like, that's kind of like the, that would be the scary part, I think. But I don't know what that means if you're like, okay, we're not going to make it to where we wanted to be. You know, okay, now we're just an incredibly expensive tap room, you know. But, you know, you've got to play, and not that these guys are in any kind of, you know, trouble or anything like that. I'm just using them as an example. But a 50 West who's in the middle of a massive, massive expansion, 
you know, redoing the building, this burger bar and this big outdoor beer garden. And I'm sure that they've got a bunch of loans sitting there right now that they granted they're still early in it. So maybe that hasn't really kicked in yet to where they need to worry about it. But, um, places like that, that are in the middle of this growth, you're counting on that those tap room tap room sales coming in, especially this time of year where people are finally getting out of their house. It's nice outside. You've got these seventy degree days. You want to sit out in a uh, a patio and drink a beer, and, and now you can't do that. And like that that has to affect somebody's bottom line and where they were projecting that things were going to be and how they were planning. And what does that mean though? Like what? How much were people counting on this as being this other thing than what it is now? And that's Again, how long does it last is the big question, and that's when that's when we have to start getting worried. If it's if it if they open everything up May first and just say please wear a mask and don't touch anybody, that's <laughs> that's one thing. And if this goes into you know the 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 middle of the summer, then that's a whole different question. Well, I mean, we're kind of talking about two different things, right? We're talking about the virus itself and people's you know, health and, and, and fear relating to that. Right. And then we're talking about legal restrictions right. that, you know, that, that are, that are foisted on to bars and restaurants and, and breweries and stuff like that. Um, and you know, they're both dangerous, you know, I mean, the virus is dangerous for health reasons, obviously, but it's also, dangerous. it's also bad for business. I mean, if you have a rampaging, you know, pandemic, it doesn't matter what the, you know, government line says. You know, people are going to post restaurants. You know, if you have, if you, you know, so it's it's it's. Um, On that it's, note, though, too, yeah. even if even if things go back to quote unquote normal on a legal mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. And and from a health sense, even if things are back to normal and there's no risk of anything, do people go back to normal? Like, does are people going to be less likely to go sit in a tap room or a beer garden and hang out with people and? Um, and sit shoulder to shoulder on bar stools or are people going to start changing what their new normal is? Uh, all, I mean, we don't have the answers to that. Why I not? That, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it has the, the positive thing is people have been pretty responsive to the restrictions, restrictions put in place. Um, so you might have hope that they, when they come back, we'll be able to kind of have, I mean, if if you're talking about what my like hope is, I mean, I would like to see kind of like a controlled, um, slow, kind of guided, come like everyone, not just like masks and you know a pat on the back, you know, kind of opening up. I would like to see. I would like. I mean, just obviously not even talking about the personal health aspect, but like. I think people are going to need to feel like they can go back because we don't want to see. I mean, the the week before everything shut down was also not a great week for for bars and restaurants. I mean, people right. were scared they didn't want to go out. So um, there was a lot of people choosing to to not to not go out. So I if if you I think that would be the one danger of opening up too early is you open up and then you know half your customers are still too worried about. Um, the virus to, to even venture. I just, venture I don't know or, which way it's going to go. I don't know if, if when legally we can get back into a tap room, if everybody's going to flock to a tap room and be like, you know, yay, you know, this is, this is over with. I, I, I all I want to do is sit down and have a beer with somebody 
or if it's going to be the complete opposite and people are like, all right, I'm, I'm avoiding that. I don't want anything to do with that right now. I still don't trust being out around all of you dirty people. You know, I, I don't well, know. I mean, that's, it's, I mean, it's going to depend on, I mean, just frankly, it's going to depend on the uh, federal, state, and local governments dealing with the actual fucking disease. Like, that's, I mean, that, right. that's the answer. You know, like, if, you know, we have a good idea of where the virus is and, and how widespread it is and we're able to do, um, you know, social distancing, temperature checks, all that stuff, you know, then if, if people are, can be reassured that things are under control, then yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be like a rubber band snapping and people are going to go out, they're going to support tap rooms, they're going to go crazy. But if, if it's still like, if there's still like a chance that people are going to catch this thing, it's, you know, it's going to, people are going to be a lot more cautious and a lot more, uh, it's the response is going to be a lot more tepid, I think. I just opened another beer. We should talk okay, about it. I opened uh, Little Joey by High Grain, their Australian pale ale. Um, this is the one that they brewed with proceeds going to the Australian wildfires, fire departments, and wildlife rescue and all that stuff. Ooh, Remember when that was good. their biggest problem? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a serious problem. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but but nobody's kind of nobody's like, thinking about the koala bears now. It was, <laughs> it was just like <laughs> we're Remember, yeah. we're worried about helping you until all of a sudden, uh, you know, I have to wear a, a hazmat suit to go out and mow my grass. Exactly. Uh, I actually, uh, coincidentally, also just popped another beer. Uh, I opened a skull by three Floyds uh, mm. done with the metal band Amonomarth, which is the main reason I want to get this. Is that that band that has like a big, beer. like, the, people sitting on the, the floor and pretending like they're rowing a boat or something? Yes. They have <laughs> they have giant dragons and sea serpents uh, as their stage props and a massive Viking ship. Viking and they have actual, or like, They have actors come out and do mock battles while they're singing. But this is uh, an Imperial Porter brewed with honey, cacao nibs, uh, chipotle peppers, and aged on oak. And it is delicious. That sounds fantastic. Sounds like a great beer. Um, I opened up an Untitled Art uh, Honey Stout. Um, Sorry, I I didn't have any local beers in my fridge. That's all right. Um, We'll forgive you. I was going to swing by the warehouse and grab some wooden cask. I'm drinking out of a wooden cask. Uh, glass, but I actually didn't have time to do that. So <laughs> that counts. <laughs> we, got, we do have some. New, we got some new stuff coming out from them. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Though, they've so. been they've been putting some fun stuff out. We I mean, the last time we were there, we talked about the uh, there mm-hmm. goes a cutie and some of that stuff that they were rolling out for the summer, which is out. Um, but some of the we talked a lot about the barrel age stuff that's coming down yeah, the line. That that I'm, got me drooling. I was listening to that episode and just drooling, being like, I have to get back in there. And then they closed the yeah, taproom. Right. I was like, Ah, come on! <laughs> well, I don't know. Still got plenty of stuff on the show. <laughs> they're doing we'll carry out, and you can get it at a lot of places. Yeah, but I was, I was, we were thinking because we we're trying to hit. Like we went to Nine Giant, got a bunch of food, got some uh, growlers to go, and all this stuff. And I was, in my head, I'm like, All right, wooden cask is next. And then the barbecue shuts down. And I was like. Oh man! Yeah, they um, they do uh, deliver too to Northern Kentucky. I mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't cast us, so you you may be able to get a nice little delivery to your house. Maybe. I don't know what counties exactly they deliver to, but I would I would find out on Facebook. I do not have any information on that, unfortunately. Yeah. Anybody? If you're looking for any graphs, though, we might have a little bit for you. 
<laughs> there's no better time right now than to rig up your own uh your kegerator in your <laughs> in your house well isn't there a co2 shortage right now yeah i did see something about that yeah the uh listerman oh, used man. to sell a bunch of co2 and they've stopped and there's a bunch of people doing homebrew and for their home stuff they're like uh do you want to know where else i can get it <laughs> that's only a problem if you don't drink your keg in like the first what uh 16 hours or something if you can if you can knock it out that quickly you're fine <laughs> although that's difficult if you can't have friends over but i'm still not saying it can't be done it is uh do not drink a six barrel in 16 hours i don't think how does that math it. work out <laughs> how much how many pints is in a, in a six barrel it's, it's, it's about about it's 42 I, it usually serves between like 40 and 44 depending on how much foam and everything in but, 16 uh, hours that's doable that's fine it's doable <laughs> although the last time i tried something close to that it was like 10 pints and i ended up arrested so i uh Look, I've tried this, i didn't try the same thing you did but at the same location very similar results occur for me every time yeah it uh it's it's a fun experiment i guess <laughs> Um, three Floyds, you were talking about, uh, drinking their beer. Um, didn't they move up a whole bunch on this year's, um, list of the biggest breweries? Uh, yeah. They you guys, all- you guys I talked about remember. that on your show. I just can't remember how, where they were last year versus, I know this year yeah. they're at like they, 39. They jumped like eight spots or something like they rocketed up the list, but they they're building that whole new facility. I don't know if that facility's live yet, but it's supposed to be like I one of the, I think it is biggest grandest breweries in the country when they're done and uh, that because we were just stunned i was i was focused on rheingeist honestly it was like because they shot up yeah. three spots yeah. and it was like well that's kind of big news for us in this area yeah rheingeist well, is up to 28 now was it 28 28 i thought it was i thought it was higher frankly well, they went from 31 to 28 yeah okay and that was for 2019 yeah yeah okay i haven't i have not looked at uh Usually this time of year, I'm pouring through the BA's, uh, you know, barrelage uh, estimates and in, in reported uh, barrelage. Uh, this year, I have not gotten around to it. But yeah, 28, I mean, that's enormous. It's Well, the, you look at the places that are ahead of them and it's like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All of it makes sense. And then like, are we really like, how are we in the, that category? You know, you look got, at the places that are behind them and you're going, how is that possible? Yeah. You know, places that have been around for, you know, places that are just like these massive, massive places that have been around rogue. The, the fact that rogue is at 36 and Ryan Geis is at 28 just blows my mind. You know, revolution. Aren't, aren't they ahead of left hand now? Like uh-huh. where the head of the president of the Brewers association is from? Uh, yeah, left hand is pretty. Left hand's all the way down at like fifty now. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's uh, it's crazy. It, um, and they did have to add the stipulation in all the reporting for it this year when they're like, so next year's will look a lot different because Dogfish Head will no longer appear on the list, right. and this brewery, yeah. will, like they're just going down. Lagunitas will no longer appear on the list, and wait, Lagunitas should not have been. Yeah, Lagunitas right? isn't on they there now. There oh, okay. Um. Uh. But yeah, I it's think probably it's, uh, um, uh, what should I call it? Um, New, New Belgium. Are they on there? Oh still? yeah, they're yeah. on there this year. They won't be next. They won't be next year. Um, it is fascinating. I mean, like we. I mean, I don't know how early you guys were going to Ryan guys, but I remember going 
right as soon as they opened. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the week they opened. Very few people our age, I don't know how old you guys are either, but I assume you're close to my age, I mean, have seen uh, a brewery on that list kind of go from, you know, zero to that. I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, it's a nightmare to sell against those guys the whole time. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's really kind of a cool thing to uh, to witness, you know, basically, uh, you know, I mean, they're, I guess, not national because they're not in every uh, state or even, I don't even think they're in a majority of states. No, it's like five or six in, states. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is pretty incredible to see a brewery that is at least national in, in scope, not, or in size, if not scope, you know. Um, that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't have the uh, I don't have the updated numbers, but let me pull up the article real quick. When they first hit the top fifty, give me just a second here. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, they're getting they're getting buzz everywhere because you have shows. Since uh, there's a lot of movies and shows being filmed in Cincinnati now, a lot of the uh, cast and crews are going out on their weekends, and that's one of the places they end up going, and they're carrying that buzz back to hollywood and stuff and while they're shooting they start putting some of these local beers not really featured but they're ending up kind of in background i can't remember the name of the series but there was one that featured ryan geist just kind of as a background thing because they loved going there while they were filming so they're like well every time someone's drinking now it's going to be a ryan geist right so they first they first broke the top 50 in 2018 um and that was they were at 33 then um and at that time i crunched all the numbers which is a pain in the ass to do so i haven't done it since then but um the list at the time of the breweries that were older that were that were higher on the list than them um the average age of those breweries which every one of them was much older than Rheingeist, was 49 years old <laughs> that was the <laughs> that was the average age the closest you it, like, you like that a little bit. it does but that's not the point but the point so the closest to Rheingeist as far as age was 21st amendment and 21st mm-hmm. amendment is eight was 18 years old then they're you know yeah um what is that now they've only gotten older you know then 20 i guess they're 20 years old now Mm-hmm. Um, versus Rheingeist that, you know, has only been around for, you know, this, this little small fraction of, you know, craft beer. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think that we kind of, you know, for a little bit, it kind of felt like Rheingeist was like a lot of local breweries, like someone just with the right idea, the right location, the right funding, the right people, the right design, um, you know, catches fire. You know, that was kind of, it felt like that was happening in every major city. But I think they kind of disguised how successful they were when now they're bigger than literally every other brewery that has opened since they opened. What's weird is like when you walk in Rheingeist, because of the way it's set up, it still Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like that. Yeah. You walk in and it doesn't feel like they're bigger than a place like Mad Tree, you know, because you can't see most of the brewery. It's tucked off to that other side over there. Mm-hmm. You walk in and it's just that pilot system in front of you, which is still big, but it's yeah, not that's, shocking. I always point out to people when we're there, I'm like, this is the pilot system. Gaze upon it because it's bigger than mm-hmm. a lot of other breweries main production. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, just that little fermentation farm that they got going on there is, 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 is would be impressive anywhere. Yeah. I mean, okay. There's, like, there's a few that that are a little bit bigger, but you know, and you look at them, all the tanks are always full. So it's 
they're pulling a lot of beer out of there. And they, that's, I mean, that facility where they have those two brew houses isn't even their only place that they're making beer. They make yeah. beer with Spring Grove now too, apparently. Yeah, not very much though. It's like a little, yeah. I mean, again, even that though, it's, I say it's a little tin barrel system, but there's a lot of breweries <laughs> that would kill for it. <laughs> You know, it's even their small, you know, experimental, like one off, you know, thing over in Spring Grove is a decent sized brewery. Um, I would love to uh, to get in there and see what all's going on there. But they uh, are not very forthcoming about stuff. They just have a giant roller coaster set up there and they just. <laughs> <laughs> How many breweries in town have uh, a pool table or a ping pong table stashed in the back? I might actually be able to, I might, that might be a trivia question that I can actually answer. Oh, wow. Really? What is, what is, do you guys have guesses? No. Uh, I have no guesses. Uh, uh, how many that like, or which ones do either, either or <laughs> how many I would say, Oh gosh, at least from the places I've done tours and have, there's always a ping pong table or something <laughs> like that in the back. I would say a good 70% of the breweries <laughs> in the area have one tucked back there. Cause it's like, um, at all the new Belgium facilities we tour. Oh, that yeah, was funny. That was funny. And then there's Asheville. tons like <laughs> the amount they, of ping pong tables. Yeah. Like tournaments ready to go. They always have like four or five tables set up and good to go. Um, where else? Like all the places we went on tours at down in, uh, Asheville, because didn't Highland, they had a couple yeah. set up in the back and it's just, they're everywhere and I get it. Yeah. It's fun. That's funny. It's, you know, if you're, if you get that free second, then you need something to do, I guess. <laughs> I just, it, it's always funny to me when you have a, uh, a brewery that has, you know, no games out front, but then you go back into the brewery and there's a ping pong table or a pool yeah. table or something like, really, you couldn't put this out here for us to play. <laughs> I was psyched when places around here started putting in the uh, shuffle tables, oh, shuffleboard yeah. tables. Uh, Listerman got one in. Matry's uh, had one at the new location since it opened, I think. Yeah. Braxton put one in. I mean, they're starting to pop up, and we the, love to the play The Brewporium's it. got one. Oh. 50 West has one over at the uh, at the the restaurant side. They're all yeah. That's uh, what is the uh, the best drinking game not like a drinking game but the best game to play while you're drinking uh, uh, Mario Kart I think yeah but you can't really play that at a lot of places <laughs> yeah, we should though <laughs> except yeah, so I'll, I'll did you that. see have either of you been to the uh, the new Tafts that's up in Columbus their little uh, their brewporium up there no. Not, no. they have um, Nintendo's built into the bar so you can sit at the bar and there's a TV screen built into it and you can play video games. I don't know if Mario Kart is one of my assume so, but I thought that was a pretty cool idea. So 16-bit needs to kind of take the hint there because yeah. theirs is just, I think they just have like the N64s plugged into regular TVs and a little, a little set-off nook. And they need to set it up like that. What is, what is the, other than Mario Kart, a game that you can actually find at a lot of breweries? Is it is it cornhole? I mean, that's like the yeah kind of the. I mean, that's go generic and everywhere. Yeah, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like places. I feel like you have the giant Jenga everywhere, but I feel like oh, that, I hate that though. It's so I loud. Played out, and then it's just yeah, it's just like scares the shit out of you every time it falls down. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm trying to think of a, if a. I always remembered uh, bocce ball was fun to play, but I can't think of a brewery that had bocce ball. Uh, um, I know that. 
I think Sonder said they were going to put in bocce courts when they finally get the their outdoor like beer garden area done. But that's the only one I can think of that has talked about doing it. I love bocce ball. Um, I wish I'd been yeah. out to more places to know what's actually <laughs> happening, but toddler has kept me home more often than not. Oh yeah, I. There was a game, and I don't know if it ever took off or not, but it is actually. Now that cans are more popular, I think it it makes it better. But the uh, you would throw a frisbee and you try to catch your you put your drink on top of this little um, like a pole, like a pole. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't that. think any brewery would ever let you do that. I like did. But I played something. Was it wasn't yeah. that exactly, but at Rheingeist one time, um, and this was one of either the year they opened or very soon thereafter they had this frisbee game set up that were like these uh like almost like trash cans with a hole cut in them and you had to throw your frisbee either through that hole for a certain number of points or if you got up into the trash can you got a certain number of points or something like that it was similar um and the noise to, from that would just be terrible they were like they they weren't like metal trash cans they were oh, like okay. yeah it wasn't that bad but it's also run guy so it's big enough that you know noise isn't yeah. really it's already a little loud. <laughs> um, well guys, that, that about does it. Um, I would say go grab a beer somewhere, but uh, we can't do that. <laughs> this whole, yeah, I picked up my one hit wonder this morning. Yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, breweries, tap rooms, uh, restaurants and bars that you can, I mean, buy takeout. Definitely. Well, and people, people are still doing releases. Like that's, you know, it's not like everything has stopped and it doesn't exist anymore. There are still breweries that are releasing new beers and you can get out there and grab something new and exciting. Um, like I said, while maintaining social distancing. Yeah. Maintain yourself. And when you go to a, that's the other thing with it. We should mention that like, if you decide to go do carry out or something at a brewery, don't be a jerk. Like, you know, maintain your, yourself, your, your distance from people. Don't ruin the fact that we can still walk into our tap rooms right now and buy beer and at least see our people from, you know, a distance away. But, um, street side's got a couple beers that he just came out. Um, They've got that, uh, the beach side and juicy should be hitting shelves, I believe, this week. Um, mm. Saunders, uh, Hefeweizen, uh, Schwester, that comes out this week or just came out. And then Urban Artifact is back with Kaleidoscope next week, um, along with uh, the variants, including double the Kaleidoscope. If anybody hasn't had the double Midwest fruit tarts, they're fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to this because the error when ordering on their website has supposedly been fixed. <laughs> well, I've I don't got, know. I, I was mad that I didn't get any of the stuff from Squeezebox. I've got a Squeezebox hidden away here in the fridge for you if I don't accidentally drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand if you do. <laughs> I have I have two cans of it left, and one of them has your name on it. So, so yeah, there's there's still stuff to get out there and drink if you uh, yeah. If you, I would be. Rem- I would be remiss if I didn't add that Wooden Cask is releasing their Goza Cutie and uh, the newest variant of Thin Blue Line. And uh, we'll have that available in Ohio this week. Fantastic. I uh, I will grab some when it hits the large retailer near my house. 
<laughs> I might be going just down to wooden cask and picking some stuff up. <laughs> it's, it's a lot easier to do for you than it is for me, especially the world that I'm living in right now. Um, I, I, Michael, I know when I talked to you earlier, I, I mentioned this, but um, our doctor gave us the rundown the other day when Brandy went in for her, what I guess is her last appointment before we actually have the baby since they don't want us in the hospital anymore. And uh, they were not uh, sugarcoating it when they told us that not only are the grandparents not going to be around this baby until the baby is like two months old. Um, if either one of us gets sick, we are right there next to them, not being allowed around the baby or each other or, you know, the the toddler that runs around my house either. So we are living in a complete fear right now of getting sick. So that's that's my life. No, I, I I I feel your pain. Uh, our uh, my wife's uh, brother is uh, also uh, expecting, so he'll be. He and uh, his wife will be in the same in the same boat. So when are when are they due? Uh, four twenty, oh, April twentieth. Oh boy, so. yeah, right, yeah. right. Wow. It's it's just horrible timing. I, if I had planned ahead. <laughs> if only you knew. If only I knew. Um, well, thank you guys very much. and um, Thank you for doing this. Of course. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And for anybody who doesn't already subscribe to Have a Drink Show, subscribe to Have a Drink Show. They um, uh, tow that line. There's some episodes where they are way more thoughtful than I am. They put all kinds of thought and preparation into topics. And then there's these really great drunk shows too. <laughs> Happens more often than not. Uh, Chris, it sounds like we got a we got a good Kevin. Indeed, sir. <laughs> and then everybody support Adina, support the breweries that uh, that they distribute to all of our favorite places. And we'll be back next week. And we'll be back uh, if you're downloading this on Monday. We'll be back tonight with the weekly pint. So listen to that too. Facebook. Thank you guys. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. 